Hey y'all, this is not going to be our typical episode. For this one, we spoke to Sam, who runs an ayahuasca retreat in Colombia. Sam has such unique experience in the hospitality industry. Had we planned better, we could have done several episodes with him. One about owning and operating a hotel, one on what ayahuasca is and what an ayahuasca ceremony includes, and one on the guests and guest experiences at his hotel. Instead, you're getting one episode that attempts to cover all of this and more. We found it interesting. We think you will too. So let's get into it. Joining us tonight is Sam. Sam, you actually have a very interesting business. We were pretty excited when we got your email. Um, So please tell us all about what you do. I run an ayahuasca retreat and uh, it's a it's an extremely interesting and complicated business because running an ayahuasca retreat is like running a hotel, a restaurant, a spiritual center, a psych ward <laughs> combined together. And, uh, you know, we also have a gym and ice bath and there's many complexities. And also it's in a big property. So it's kind of like uh, running a farm as well. So I guess it's a very mm-hmm. diverse uh, set of skills that's required. And I think it's it might be an interesting topic to talk about when it talks to in, in hospitality. For people who don't know, ayahuasca, can we just get a quick rundown about what ayahuasca is and what yeah. ayahuasca retreat kind of entails before we get into the mm-hmm. whole business side of things? Okay, so for those who don't know what ayahuasca is, ayahuasca is a brew. It's a mix of two plants that's boiled into this thick viscous liquid that you drink ceremonial setting that is normally directed by a South American Amazon shamans. So for example, Colombia, Peru, Brazil, Ecuador, they all have uh, their own traditions. There's many different tribes that do it. But basically, it's the medicine that you generally drink to get relief from depression, anxiety, PTSD, and generally to connect with spirituality or it's it's like a multi-faceted tool for well-being. So anything from physical ailments to mental ailments, it's incredible. And if you haven't heard about ayahuasca, I do believe that you will start hearing about it more and more mm-hmm. because it is slowly going mainstream, which is a great thing in my opinion, because we, we do as a Western society suffer with this mental health crisis. Yeah. And ayahuasca seems to be one of those uh, few things that actually works. And how long have you been doing this? So me, myself, drinking ayahuasca about four years, but uh, running a retreat about two years and a half. For me personally, it's been quite a journey. It it really went against my beliefs when I was first starting. I was really Mm -hmm. like non-spiritual and I would never do drugs because, you know, it is unfortunately still classified as drug in some places like U.S. Hmm. I mean, you said you're somebody who who doesn't do drugs and I I am the same way. I don't do drugs. Sarah, on the other hand, is fucked up all the time. I'm surprised she's actually sober right now. <laughs> you know, you never know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. She, she's one of those functional addicts. Uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah um, truly. <laughs> anyways, so if you're somebody who's never done drugs before, wasn't into that space, how did you end up doing something like ayahuasca? You know what I mean? It's not like some guy yeah. smoking a joint under the bleachers or something like that. This is something they have to kind of seek out. No, it is. It is interesting. Ayahuasca comes into your life in the form of messages. You have a friend that mentions it and that another friend and another friend and you start creating this image. And, you know, some of your listeners might be getting a calling from ayahuasca right now through me talking. <laughs> and and they might ask themselves like, oh, you know, I am kind of depressed. Uh, maybe this can help me, you know, and then it slowly, it takes about a few years for it to sort of faster and seep into your consciousness. And then eventually you find yourself at the position where you're maybe not in a bad space mental. And you're like, yeah, like I'm, I'm not really good. Nothing is happening. Meditation is not working. You know, what, what can I do? And then you remember about it. And then once again, some friend comes and says, I'm going to go drink ayahuasca. And last thing you know, you're, you find yourself at an ayahuasca retreat and then get this amazing transformational experience and, and you're forever, you know, a believer. So it's, it's not like 
you don't get addicted to ayahuasca because it's actually hard to drink it. It's a very somewhat mm. painful process, especially in the beginning. But you you do once you discover this tool, it's it's really hard to like find anything better. And you did describe it as a viscous liquid, which made me very not yeah. interested. In just, you know, like that is, <laughs> I mean, we might have to edit that out if you ever want a customer again. It's like I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's not it's not a selling point. You know what? I believe I believe in honesty. I don't like to create uh, this uh, this picture which is fake and it's only like rainbows and butterflies. No, I was. <laughs> Ayahuasca will hurt. It will be a difficult process, but it will be totally worth it. You know, wow! Like all the good things in life, you know, it takes some effort, and then integration. And uh, finally, enough, you mentioned uh, as a joke, as a sorry, is addicted. I don't know if it's a joke. I hope it's a joke. Addiction is one of those things that can be relieved. So it sounds like your previous career was not hospitality. Am I correct? No. Not at all. So you go from basically finding out about this medicine, taking it within two years, you're like, you know what, I'm going to stop everything. I'm going to start a whole new business, a business that I'm not familiar with uh, that's surrounded and focused on this medicine. I mean, that's a pretty big leap, right? I'll tell you how. Uh, so my original career is uh, I'm a me- I'm a marine mechanical engineer and I worked on offshore oil and gas platforms at sea. Offshore oil and gas and offshore wind. I didn't even talk to people. You know, I was working with engines and motors and pumps and uh, and that kind of stuff. So for me to go from not ever doing any drugs to doing ayahuasca was not that difficult because I got really v- well versed before trying it. Thanks to podcasts, by the way. So I already knew that that it's a medicine; it's not a drug. And same with the business. Uh, for me, to going from never having a business and working on somebody else, you know, working on platforms, making a lot of money, to starting a business. Once again, I went to podcasts. This is why this is why I'm here and at your podcast, and this is why I'm such a great fan of this media. It's just like. If you're curious about anything and you just listen to 200 hours of podcast on a subject, you can really do things. And so for me, starting a business was, you know, podcasts and then books. And then if I had any questions, I would just go online and just just figure it out. And that's really that's really what it takes. So guys, uh, listen to podcasts, especially this one. How many people are like on your staff there? It sounds like there's a bus driver and there's people cooking or is are you like a one man show? Like, are you wearing all the hats or how many people are there? At the moment, our team is about 15 people. We do have a driver, but not a bus driver. The The bus <laughs> we, we rent, I, I do plan to eventually buy a bus. That would be such a relief. It would yeah, make yeah. my life so much easier. But we have a three kitchen ladies. A um, a cleaning lady. We have uh, about eight people, ceremony staff, including a shaman, two musicians. Wow. We have about three volunteers. That those are the people that came to our retreats before a couple times, and they want to take it to the next level, and they wow. want to help other people, so they come over and they help us in the ceremony. And uh, on top of that, we have five people that are building the the master builder and his two helpers, and then we have two people that are doing all the physical labor, like, you know, moving earth, et cetera, gardening. So it's it's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of proud of that because this part of Colombia, it's, it's pretty rural. There's not, there's not many jobs, so it's pretty nice to be able to provide so many jobs. And uh, also people, especially foreigners, they, they get very, very generous. So sometimes uh, we collect tips and we share them evenly through all the team. And sometimes they get like half of the normal wage more on top just from the tips and and for them it's like they're they're very happy and everyone Aww. and we also recently started to introduce our team to ayahuasca as, as well so meaning that even kitchen ladies are drinking ayahuasca and talking about their losses and crying together and it's an interesting 
it's an interesting thing you cannot do in a normal team. Like you have your own. Yeah, right. I cannot do anything with my team like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, why not bring them over? You know. <laughs> there we go. Uh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> we will bond like crazy. Hello, everyone. If you've been listening to this episode and thinking this might be something you're interested in, you can go to ayahuascaincolumbia.com. When you get to the website, you'll see Lawira branding all over the site. Lawira is Sam's retreat. They have all the information you need for booking yourself a retreat at Sam's spot. Again, that's ayahuascaincolumbia.com, and the name of his retreat is Lawira. Link is in the description. You said that the groups are like from 20 to 80. How many rooms do you actually have at your retreat? No, no. I'm, I was saying that re- there are retreats that go from one person to, to 80 people, but we we generally do 20 people on average. We don't have space for 80. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. So I think our biggest group was uh, 23 people and our smallest group uh, in last 12 months was about 14. So gotcha. that's, that's about the range. We have, uh, as of now, we have three big uh, dorm rooms, like eight eight, eight beds each. And we have four cabins, like for for somebody who wants a bit more exclusive experience, because we are at the moment a one of the cheapest ayahuasca retreats there is. Not because we we can't charge more, but because I do believe in it so much, I really want to to spread it. And you know, wow. charging seven thousand dollars for a week is not going to really make it affordable. So as of now, we're able to provide the experience for only six hundred dollars for a week, which is not easy, but um, Wow. And that's uh, with the meals, you said. That's with the meals and with the with transport from the city. Rob, we are going. We are going. All right. Sign me <laughs> up. Yeah. Is it air conditioned? No, actually, it's not uh, air conditioned. It. I'm, but, out. I'm out. <laughs> but it's, uh, we're in the mountains here. So it's actually, it's warm, but it's not that warm. Beautiful. But basically, uh, we have those four cabins and we're building some more for people that want a more exclusive experience. But for for the most who just want to have the healing experience, they can do it affordably. At least for now, I'm fighting back. I think we'll, we'll we're raising price in in January by fifty dollars because just inflation. Yeah, but of course. yeah, I'm, I'm fighting the price increases. But Sam, that's that's incredible. That is really incredible. I think too, if you're in that dorm situation with the other guests that are in the retreat, like let's say Rob and I booked, but you know, two other people book from somewhere else and four other people book from somewhere else. Those are the people that you're kind of going on this journey with. So I think like having that dorm situation, you're bonding with them more. And to my point earlier of like feeling paranoid, I would want to kind of know and bond and trust with those people that I was experiencing this with so that I felt safer and that I had a better experience with it as well. Absolutely. You won't believe how many times people told me that they were, you know, when they were booking, they were like, yeah, but the groups, how big are the groups? Yeah, I would really want a smaller group and the and the rooms, how many people I would want it smaller. You know, we're sort of conditioned to want to be alone and have our privacy. But in the end, all of them, the, those people that cared about the side of the group the most, they, they are the ones that say, the people was the best part of it. It's like, we had this lady, she was like 63. She's like, I haven't been in the dorm for 40 years. And here, here I am with, you know, in the dorm with like all people of different ages and different countries. And and she loved it because it brought her back to her uh, youth and she felt young and adventurous and uh, space is limited, right? We're, we're, we're now building a lot of, a lot of things, but kind of cozy. And I guess hearing, uh, hearing people around and, 
getting to sleep while you know having this conversation with somebody in a different bed and that that spirit of like a boy scout adventure yeah i guess we're, we're, we're missing it as well nights by the fire you know oh yeah oh yeah I have a fire pit at home and I'm obsessed with it. I think there's something very spiritual about fire, but I get that. I mean, one of the the best parts of working in hospitality for me and and for a lot of my colleagues that I speak to is just getting to meet people from all over the world every day. And as I walk through my breakfast room in the mornings now to hear people from all walks of life kind of chatting with each other is like one of the best parts of my job. I kind of love that part of it. Yeah. So at this, uh, this line of work, so we, I meet on average 60 people a month, but it's not just that I meet them and I know their name and maybe their job and their hobbies. I get to know 60 people better than I know some of my high school friends because yeah. we sh- we share so much. And, and that sharing and that vulnerability, there's this uh, interesting phenomena that in a week, a group of 20 strangers, they become like a family and then they, they want to travel together and do things together. It's very unique. It's uh, I haven't experienced that anywhere else, and it's it's very therapeutic. And, and it's interesting how we as humans we are better at seeing other people's problems better than our own. So there will be mm. a couple people in the group that will feel as if they're put there for you to share their mm. problem, but because it's their problem and not your problem, through them you can understand and learn. Yeah. And and when the group is too small, there seems to be not enough of this. So talk to me about. If I or a listener were to book a retreat, uh, how many days is that? What is the what is that package like? Am I coming in, mm-hmm. spending the night, and taking it first thing in the morning the next day? Like, walk us through what the typical timeline would be for one of these retreats. I'll, I'll run you through one week retreat. You arrive to Medellin, Colombia, because that's where we're stationed. We pick you up from Medellin on the bus. You come over here. First 24 hours you just spend here in the nature, getting to know the place, getting to know the group. We do several word circles, workshops, explaining to you, you know, how to deal with an ayahuasca experience, how to navigate it, because it is pretty difficult. And then on the after that, on the second night, we at about 6 p.m., we drink the medicine. There's medicine music playing. There's a fire. There's a real indigenous shaman that comes from a long lineage of shamans who is controlling and protecting us and a team of trained facilitators. You drink your medicine. The experiences may vary. It's like there's thousands of different experiences you can have from mm. visual to physical to emotional. It's really, I've never seen a, a same experience repeat twice and like after more than thousand people and hearing their stories. And you do that for four ceremonies, three night ceremonies, and then there's one day rest, and then there's a day ceremony. So mostly you drink it at night. It's good because you don't have any distractions from outside. It's good for you to go inside, focus on your feelings, maybe overcome some trauma, process some feelings. And then when we do day ceremony, because it's so beautiful outside, like we're surrounded by nature and everything is green, Mm. you focus more outside and you just fall in love with life again and grass is green and the trees Mm. are you know blooming and like uh, you you love life again and then you leave happy and that's that's a kind of like the group when it comes they're energetically super low and we bring them up and everyone is uh, happy and loving and hugging then they leave and then another group of uh, sad angry people come over <laughs> and we <laughs> change their lives and that's very difficult i don't know how about other people that work in hospitality field i know it can be a problem you know people and their emotions uh, but people come here very heavy and all of that mm. stuff that they they release here and it's 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 so i'm so happy for each group when when they get to a certain level and then they leave and become friends and everyone is happy but then 
it's such a hard work to receive like a group of it's kind of like you just left a warm bath and you just get poured over with like cold ice cold water this is how right. it feels right um do you get any rest between groups or is it typically or like one group after another after another no we get we get about uh, a day rest maybe 12 hours in between the group and then uh, we have two and a half weeks every month and then one week more more or less about 10 days we rest if you can call it rest because mm. we just bought this uh, venue about four months ago and there's like three different construction projects that that mm. are happening so plus i have two little kids so uh, I don't remember. Busy guy. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember having good sleep, but it's Aww. it's a passion project. I went from not liking to work and not being able to make myself work when I was uh, working in my previous career to basically not being able to stop myself from working right now. So it's a new because problem. you love it and you're passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So despite Rob joking that I do a lot of drugs, I don't. But I used to, you know, be a chimney in my 20s, smoke weed all the time. And it got to the point where I just got like, so I don't know, I'm not good on drugs. So for someone like me, would I have an okay experience? Or would I experience paranoia on ayahuasca? Well, a lot of people are afraid of that. But once again, it's it's a uh... When you when you're doing it professional like this in a professional and a traditional setting, it's not like you're smoking weed and going to work where there is like stresses and mm. it's too much. It's you're doing it in, the, in a, like a sacred space in a ceremony space where you feel protected. There is a special music playing. There is a live fire. There is people around you that have like caring facial expressions. So it's it's even if you have a difficult experience, which is you know somebody would call it a bad trip, but we call it a difficult experience. Mm. We'll, we'll help you navigate that and next day will help you go to get over it and actually those experiences uh you know uh, weed is not necessarily psychedelic you know some types of weed might be somewhat psychedelic so it's it's really hard to compare but with with ayahuasca you might have a difficult experience some traumatic memory might come up and you will be feeling bad you know you could call it a bad trip but then once you process it those experiences are the ones where you get most out of so yeah it's a it's, it's a totally different setup and like if you let's say take mushrooms and and go to a festival it's much easier you're gonna get re-traumatized because there's you know there's there might be a people that don't like you there might be a situation that's uncomfortable and you're you're on psychedelics your ego is dissolving you're losing control you can't protect yourself of course you're gonna freak out but when you're like in a soft cushioned literally soft place because like we, we give you a nice mattress and you're comfortable and you're warm and there's candlelight everywhere. It's 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 a bit easier to navigate. Yeah, that sounds like magical. I'm thinking the insiders need to all expense business trip to the retreat. Rob, just saying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Do we get a uh, friends and family discount after this episode comes out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'll, um, I'll, I'll give I you did... a discount, guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would assume, and maybe this assumption's incorrect. When someone attends your retreat, you don't want them like bringing in alcohol and, and drinking, right? Or or even other drugs, like they should be kind of fresh and clean and, and just be taking the medicine. Is that correct? Yeah, ayahuasca is very, very tricky because uh, it requires a very strict diet. Some things you need to quit uh, a week before the retreat. Other oh, things wow. you need to quit two weeks before the retreat. For example, you need to absolutely be off SSRI antidepressants because it can be a very strong counter interaction and you will, you can get like even some people die 
from that content interaction. Wow. Uh, it is because it is really uh, dangerous. Generally, most of the medicines uh, are not allowed. And then absolutely no alcohol for at least a week before, no weed for at least two weeks before. Because basically, if you're, if you're smoking weed while you're drinking ayahuasca, you're not going to die. But what it will do, you won't have a good experience. You won't connect. It's kind of, they say that, you know, they're jealous and they're fighting each other, those two plant <laughs> spirits, so to speak. Oh, and it's, interesting. it's interesting when it comes to, to food as well, because there's a specific diet. You can't eat too much spicy food, no milk products, no onions. Hmm. At least a week. Some retreats are more stricter than, than others. We generally try to, you know, uh, be a little more relaxed as, uh, as long as it's, um, it's not going to hurt anyone to allow more people to come because, you know, it's, there's already many restrictions uh, and it's already difficult to make the decision to make it a bit easier on people. But uh, even for us, as I said, like the difficulty in running this kind of businesses, uh, it's not just we only have, we need to feed people, but we also need to provide food that tastes good, but also you can't use onions, for example, like mm. it's really difficult to taste, to cook very tasty food because you need to limit the salt amount and there's uh, most of the spices you can't use. So it is. Uh, it gets tricky. Is it onions just because of the bad breath? I mean, I'm kind of lost on the onion <laughs> thing here. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I think I don't know. There's some ingredient in them. It's it's hard to know. There's I'm not a chemist, but there's there's so many. Basically, they figure out because like a five thousand year old tradition, they figure out that onions are no good. So have there been guests at the retreat that have broken those rules that have, you know, tried to smuggle in alcohol or become like unruly or, or but to me, if you're, this sounds like Sarah's making a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but to me, like if you're going commit to the process and, and be a part of it, but I also know how people can be. So I'm wondering if you've encountered anyone kind of breaking those rules. Unfortunately, yes, Sarah, we had people that uh, we smelled some weed occasionally and uh, found bags of something white in them. <gasps> so it's, it's unfortunately very, very bad, but there are some people, especially people who are uh, addicted and they come to ayahuasca mm. to heal addiction uh. while they're still, while they're still addicted. It's a difficult process. It's like, I don't mind if somebody has a bit of weed because it's not dangerous, but unfortunately, uh, if you drink ayahuasca and then take cocaine, it can also cause heart attack. So, oh my gosh, we do our best. People sign the waiver that you know they're not going to con consume any of those um, substances but it's it's tricky because we want to help those people to get over the addiction but while they're still addicted we can't expect them to not be addicted so it's a it's this weird catch 22 and after the retreat some of them we had one guy we we realized he was taking something i think it was ketamine somebody told oh. us he was also acting very strange. We do expect you to act a little strange while you're drinking ayahuasca, but not <laughs> in between the ceremonies. So we, we noticed there was something. We had to kick him out. It was a difficult process. So far, I was the only person we had to kick out. And then, but afterwards, still, ayahuasca worked enough through him to push him to go to the... How do you call it? Uh, rehab. Like a rehab? Oh, yeah. good, good. And, and then and then he, he got better. So it's... um. Oh, good. It still worked. It was kind of tricky for us to navigate, but it worked. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about this, if we can, about the how does ayahuasca work? What does it do to people who are trying to break their addiction? I'm assuming you're asking for a friend, Rob, for, for yeah. Sarah, right? <laughs> He's on to you. So, yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, if you if you if you look into addiction, it's a, it's actually an interesting uh, concept. When people can get addicted to anything, right, from work to sex to drugs to anything, good things, bad things, food, you name it. And 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 you ask yourself, like, is it the substance itself that's addictive? Is it the work addictive? Is it the the media that's addictive? Or is it that the person is in pain? Uh, they have some kind of trauma and they don't feel comfortable and they are mm. running away from something. Like I personally noticed when I'm in a bad place mentally, I go to those, you know, short videos on, on Instagram or whatever, because mm. I'm trying to distract myself from feeling pain. So uh, what ayahuasca does, you come to an ayahuasca retreat, there's, uh, there's a lot of those little mini traumas that are stored in you all over the place that you collected through life, some from childhood, some from and some recently just maybe an emotional issues you're going through, you can't process them. You're just like running away from an emotion. So you drink ayahuasca and it just shows you exactly what it is. You confront the pain. It's not a linear process. It's not always that precise, but uh, something happens in you and you release that feeling and you don't feel that tension anymore. And then you notice that you no longer want the substance or the behavior. Drug, yeah. yeah, like we have a lot of people that come over that, come you know to get a release from depression or somebody's looking for maybe finding a new goal in life or some new career path and then they say like you know what i noticed that i haven't drank for like three months they didn't set the goal to quit drinking they just came for something else and as a side effect because they now feel better and that tension is is released they 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 stop drinking because um, a lot of times, if you analyze your addictive behaviors, it, it always has some some pain as a as a core, something you're running away from. Yeah. So, Sarah, what what are you running away from? <laughs> oh, mostly my job and hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. <laughs> you know, it's funny. At my last property, I would always be sizing people up as they checked in. Like, all right, what kind of drugs do you do? You know, like, I know that you're going up to that room to do something. And um, here, it's kind of interesting to me. Like, everyone that's checking in with you is there to have an experience, you know, a heightened uh, experience and from all walks of life. So it's just, uh, I think I, w- I think I would enjoy that. I, can I come work at your front desk? <laughs> <laughs> We don't we don't have a front desk as of now, but we have a desk and we have a front. So come over, <laughs> come over we'll we'll organize it. We'll we can figure it vol- out. Volunteer. We'll figure it out. Um, I think. Uh, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. I need some ayahuasca. Clearly, <laughs> actually, let's let's talk about that a little bit. And ayahuasca psychedelics in general and the science that's coming up now, because it's not just a sort of baseless assumption uh, just based on tradition it's also a lot of science is happening now one of the research papers on i believe it was on mushrooms but it, but it's very similar to other psychedelics psychedelics increase something that's called bdnf brain derived nootropic factor and it's actually something that helps your brain rebuild your nerve cells so you actually do get a little sharper if you drink uh, psychedelics oh my god that's it rob we are going <laughs> yeah, as as opposed to to a conception that like psychedelics are gonna make me go crazy. Now it's all been debunked. All those uh, horror stories that were produced they they were basically yeah defamation because they they yeah. they were losing control and understandably so. I wouldn't want everyone to start to drink ayahuasca and just like stop going to work and yeah like society we, we, collapses. We, yeah, we 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 want the we want the societal change to take a place slowly. Luckily, we have time for that. And uh, 
But regarding you guys coming to have to to hear, I don't know. Rob doesn't seem so excited. But uh, no, but listen, do... Sam. Before before you know when we were talking about having you as a guest, I was like, I don't know. I'm I'm like uh, uh, I just don't handle drugs well or anything like uh, psychedelic. And I don't I don't mean to call it a drug. I know it's a medicine, but like I said, I don't How know if I you? would have a good. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I said I don't <laughs> know if I'd have a good experience. And he's like, Oh, I want to do it. So he's on board. He's just being like, yeah. you know, yeah, quiet well, right I'm just now, af- but... I'm just I'm just afraid of having Sarah around all that cocaine. I'm just Ooh. not sure if she can <laughs> control herself. So stop. <laughs> but. I we'll, uh we'll pick I, her from the airport, take her straight here so she doesn't <laughs> no get exposed. Chance, no chance to make any stops. But it's irritating that, you know, in America we have this war on drugs and it kind of stymied any progress on uh things like mushrooms or or using natural drugs as medicine. And, you know, it seems like we're finally starting to, you know, mushrooms are becoming more mainstream now. We're microdosing and people are realizing that it's giving them this reset and it's giving them this clarity. So I really mm-hmm. do hope that ayahuasca it can become more mainstream over here in America as well. It's irritating that there's so many things that shouldn't be legal in our food uh, and in our environment, and yet they're not you know, keen on approving something like ayahuasca, but I believe it's for exactly the reason yeah. you said, Sam, is they don't want people yeah. to. I, I I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it's pretty simple to trace it. Uh, whenever it doesn't make you more money, mm-hmm. you prohibit it. And when yeah, yeah. it makes you more money, then you don't care. It's killing people. And uh, it's absolutely the same with, with the psychedelics. They, if people don't stop, stop going to corporations, they don't make you money. If people Stop taking antidepressants every day. Yeah. They're not making you trillions of dollars every year. I yeah. don't blame those people. It's not like they're evil and they just decided to kill all the world. It's just people like like you and us who want to have a better better life. So they, it's the system itself that incentivizes this kinds of behavior. And, you know, I can feel it myself. You know, I want to give ayahuasca to people affordably, but I also maybe want a new truck. So, like, why don't I raise my prices? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's. A, it's a constant struggle because you can't separate yourself from from the system we live in. Like we all need to follow certain rules, and I guess it has to be changed gradually to something mm. maybe better. Hopefully, not communism, because I I I am originally from <laughs> Latvia, which is which was part of Soviet Union, so that didn't work as well. But maybe mm-hmm. we get smart enough someday and we'll figure out something better, you know. And um, regarding ayahuasca in U.S. not being legal, you know. The conversations like this, maybe a couple of people will hear it and they'll tell a couple more people. And then you're going to come out to the retreat. You're going to try it yourself. The next episode will record you after <laughs> doing ayahuasca. People can yes. feel the change as well. So and slowly but surely, unless they they go after us, but I don't think so. I, I think it's it's kind of too late now. To, I think the something has shifted. Yeah. Rob, anything else for Sam? Any more questions or? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, why do you, do you need to get a fix? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Insiders. It means the world to us. Are you a hotel, hospitality, or tourism industry insider with a story to share? Great. We want to hear from you. Go to theinsiders.com and click on Be Our Guest to submit your story for the chance to be our guest on an episode of The Insiders Podcast. Once again, for more information, go to theinsiders.com.